The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Just Blaze, host of Above the Rim. Subscribe and tune in each week to hear me and a special guest discuss the latest in the NBA the way you want to hear it, with the topics that you want to hear. Keep it locked. Oh, yeah, he was talking about he was first team all defense. You know, I don't know what he talking about. Maybe he was dreaming of some shit. I don't know. But I guess he, he wanted to be first team all defense or something. Maybe he was dreaming about it. He's a really good player. He uh, applies a lot of pressure just due to his athleticism and his, his creating ability. But now it shocked me because he said he looked up and said, no, it can garbage. I got 40 points. I'm like, that's nice. He took 34 shots to get it. I mean, no, I'm not trying to. I'm not up here trying to bash anybody, but I mean, you know, men lie, women lie, but the numbers don't. Talk about it. You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Family, family, welcome, welcome to the latest episode of Above the Rim. Family, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for tuning in. Brought to you, as always, by your honorable host, your boy Justin, a.k.a. Just Blaze. Special guests every week. Every episode about chill. This week needs no damn introduction. He's been on too many episodes to count. (laughs) Y'all might be tired of him, but I'm not tired of him. Friend of the show, Tamo, a.k.a. QS. What's good, my brother? What's good? What's good, man? It's good to be back. You know, it's been a little while. It's you been know. a while. I mean, people out here struggling. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, if you don't get <laughs> My man, Q, man, I appreciate you for joining me, my brother, as always. Um, so, family, you can find about the rim on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, anywhere you find your podcast. Make sure you give Above the Rim that five-star review on iTunes to get in contact with me or the show. You can follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. IG is JustBlaze513. And follow the Above the Rim Facebook page as well. If you got any feedback for the show, responses to the questions, call up the line. Talk about it. Leave your boy a voicemail. Let me know what's on your mind. It's 908-718-1592. So, Q, ah, we calling this one Sacrificial Lambs. (laughs) Sacrificial Lambs. This episode is going to be an interesting one as we're going to cover a a wide range of topics this episode. Obviously, uh, as you all should know, training camp is about to open up soon. Right around the corner. Right around the corner, Q. And um, players are finally getting themselves together to start the uh, start the upcoming season. Some teams are waiting to the report date to gather, while other teams, Q, are getting their bonding on. And you know who I'm talking about when they got their <laughs> bonding on. Talk about it. Let's talk about it. Hoodie Mellow made an appearance <laughs> on the beach wearing red leggings and a red hoodie. The fam, Houston All they Rockets. needed was a banana boat out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> they all, they took uh, the Houston Rockets, I'm sure y'all know by now, uh, they took a trip, a bonding trip, that is, to the Bahamas. Hoodie Mellow made a beach appearance. It was a very popular photo, Q. That Hoodie Mellow photo. I, <laughs> I tell uh, you, man, this, this social media has, like, changed the way people look at basketball like, now, man. It's oh, it's a, it's a soap opera. It it's like we tuned in all year round now. It's, it's, it's a 12-month sport. It's a 12-month sport. It is. It is. And um, we're going to be talking about uh, 
some sacrifice this season. I call this episode Sacrificial Lambs. Um, some players and some players in the NBA this season that have to sacrifice for their team to win this season. And some who have to sacrifice for the greater good in order for their team That's to win. you got to check that pride. Yeah, man. And some of the greatest sacrifices of all time. NBA players who sacrifice a lot. But before we get there, we got to go around to some news around the NBA. And I definitely wanted to start here first. I want to talk about um, the farewell tours are in full effect this season. Farewell tours, retirement farewell tours are in full effect this season. You got uh, D-Wade finally announcing. He took all, <laughs> first of all, he took all damn summer to just to announce that he was going to come back for I his mean, final we, season. We, we knew he was going to have one last season. I don't know why you made us wait. Did it in dramatic fashion, Q. I Dram- mean, but, I did mean, you see it, the video that he put out? I think I, the one with his son in it? Yeah. And then he, they had the lights on yeah, and saying, yeah, I'm coming yeah, back yeah. for one last dance. Man, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'll give him, I'll give Boy, him, I'll give him get... a pass, though, because it's, it's, it's D-Wade. He's a legend, you know? I'll give him a pass, but I, I mean... there's a lot of legends. These people, be the, the stuff they be doing for likes nowadays, <laughs> man. <laughs> come on, really? You could have just said... You, you could have just said when the season was over, all right, I think I'll play one more season and I'll, I'll wrap it up. I had to laugh at that. What we do for drag likes. it out. <laughs> Listen, I, the farewell tour is now, it's really played out. I'm sorry. I really hated when Kobe did his farewell tour. I didn't really like it. It was a little annoying to me. I feel like it was it's a Kobe, little... Kobe, though. But I still feel like it was overblown, it's the Mamba. It's the Mamba. Yeah, but everyone <laughs> didn't like Kobe like that. Now, all of a sudden, they loved him in their final year. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, sort, so, it's sort of a thing now, you know. We gotta is, give the players a farewell not tour. Not everyone deserves a farewell tour in that way. Do you, oh, okay, so I ask you: Do you think D Wade deserves this farewell tour that he wants? Because right now, you know that's what he wants. Oh, of course. I mean, I believe so. I mean, he's, okay. he's, he's you splash, know that you're doing man. tribute videos at every stadium. He deserves it. I mean, he's, okay. he's one. He's one of the top shooting guards of all time. Yeah, he is. That you know? is. So I, I, yeah, could be top five. Top five, definitely yeah, top I five. I think he's top so five. So when you're yeah. top five, I mean, you you eligible to get a farewell tour. Okay, okay, all right, all right. Listen, how I see it is, I think it was a little corny, but if you want it, whatever, man. I don't really care. I, I think he's earned it, like you said, but yeah, I feel like it's it. a little unnecessary, but whatever. And um, I don't know if you know, he is uh, 36 this year. And did you know that D-Wade is one of six players to lead an NBA franchise in points, assists, steals, and wins? Mm-hmm. And you know the other six players? Well, the other five players on that list. It's LeBron in Cleveland. It's KG for Minnesota. It's Reggie Miller for Indiana. Wow, Reggie. Gary Payton for the Seattle Sonics. And then, of course, MJ for the Bulls. <clears throat> to lead an NBA franchise all-time in points, assists, steals, and wins. Gotta Only- get that. Gotta, he deserves it, man. Give him a farewell tour, man. Give him what he wants. Because you know we put that post out for that type of attention. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> he wanted those likes, boy. <laughs> He's doing the female stuff. Damn. No, I want some attention. Let me put a little, little titty pickup or something. So- just to get some likes, you know? <laughs> wait, <laughs> That's so what he did, man. He made us, he he made us salivate right all summer okay. just to say, yo, let me, let me throw this video on. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do D-way. my farewell tour, man. Let's but, get it. Um, also, low-key, I don't know if he wants a farewell tour, but we'll see. Dirk Nowitzki could be coming. He's coming back this season, which might be, which should be. <laughs> I don't know what him, and, him and Vince Carter is drinking. They, they should have retired like five years ago. <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki is 40 now. I think it's time to hang it up. Oh, yeah. I think it's, it's time to time. hang it up two it's years time. ago, honestly. The Mavericks are not a contender. They're not going anywhere this year. They might be a fringe playoff contender, but I don't even, I can't even give them that. Yeah, I'm not going to give them. Okay. So does Dirk deserve a farewell tour? Yeah. This is probably his last season. Yeah, I would give him. He's 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 another guy that's in the top tier of players of all time. You know, oh. he's one of those game changer kind of guys. Okay. You know? We never seen a seven footer shoot like Dirk. You know, oh, he so. he definitely changed the game. So he, I I believe he deserves one as okay. well. All right, I hear right. that. I, I I think he Dirk is definitely deserving because I think he's one of the good guys. I in the mean, league think too. about it. I mean, uh, what other white boy was nasty than Larry Bird? You got Dirk right after him. Yeah, I agree. I so. agree. Well. I agree. Um, well, yeah, so moving on. Russell Westbrook, your man has been in the news. <laughs> He's in the news. Uh, the Brody. The Brody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's having a little uh, 
a little quandary that he's in right now. A little information in the knee. A little information. Uh, Russell Westbrook is having his fourth knee surgery on his right knee. Fourth knee surgery all time, mind you. Not this season. Mm -hmm. He's having another knee surgery this offseason. Very close to opening day. And he's undergoing an arthroscopic surgery on his right knee. It's his fourth knee surgery, as I said before, on his right knee. And they say he might miss training camp. He's definitely going to miss the preseason. And he might miss the season opener. It's still up in the air. So they're calling this a routine procedure, but who really knows? I mean, I'm a... I'm a tad concerned about it because... Only because Russell does rely on his athleticism more than any other point guard in the league. And that is his saving grace, his athleticism and his build and his drive and his force to the rim. And I don't want this knee surgery to also hamper him mentally as much as physically. Because, you know, in the back of your mind, if you have the fourth knee surgery on the same right knee... It starts to click into your brain a little start bit. To baby you start, the knee a little yeah, bit, you start you know? getting that uh that D Rose syndrome a little bit. So I look at it from that standpoint. I feel like he's still gonna feel better because Russell, to me, he has a, a great habit of recovering from injuries very fast. He's one yeah. of those dudes who recovers very fast because he does keep himself in shape. I had him in my top most athletic plays of all time. So he keeps himself in shape. I mean, I, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you like this. I mean, of course, that's the first thought you think about when somebody mm-hmm. injures the knee. But mm-hmm. I mean, with the you know, you guys just talked about it last week on health as wealth. You know, just yeah, just let him Taking recover. Care of your body. Throw him in the chamber and let him loose after that, man. But mm. um, I'm, I'm gonna tell you why I'm not so worried, man. Because okay. I mean, other than LeBron in the league, the other the other freak of nature is is would be Russell Westbrook. He's a freak of nature, man. So I mean, other than that, I'm not really worried about. You're not you worried know, at all. I'm not really worried about the knee problems. I mean, I've, a little bit, but I'm not really worried because he's just a freak of nature. Is there man. some concern as a Thunder fan? As a Thunder fan, I look at I look at this like a, as a blessing in disguise mm, okay. because Let me hear this. now with him gone, you got more time to groom Dennis Schroeder into the lineup. You know, let him learn the schemes and players okay. and all that stuff. Let him get you know let the other players bond because we all know when the Brody come back. It's his show. We know he don't like to sacrifice. And this is what we talking about on this episode, <laughs> sacrifices. You always coming at my man for sacrifices. He so, never I mean? sacrifice. So this is going to be a real test this summer, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean this year, okay. when the league starts. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm open. I'm open right now. With, okay. the, with him being injured, well, I think this could be a good opportunity for the team to mesh. I agree. I just, I'm just a little bit bummed if he does miss, like, the season opener. Because the first game of the season, the first night, is the Thunder against the Warriors, right? Right, right, right. So I'll be a little tight. <laughs> Yeah, you don't not like when it's game. a mismatch. <laughs> you know, you know how I feel about the Warriors injury luck. Always, always. But I mean, I just want to see good health on Russell Westbrook. I like to see I like to see Russell Westbrook. I, I, play, so. I would rather the early adversity than the late season adversity. Let's, let's go through it right now Agreed. before the end of the season. Agreed. You know? Oh also, if you remember last year at um Chris Ball, remember he started this season with knee trouble. And then he he played the first game, and then he was out for the next, like, two weeks or something like mm-hmm. that. And they were trying to knock it out, get it that way. So, I mean, it could be something like that. So, you never know. Um, so, yeah, but still talking about the Thunder. So, I never got to talk to you about their offseason, how their summer went, how Sam Presti has been doing his job. So, we know what well, we should know, what has happened in the offseason. They acquired Dennis Schroeder, as you talked about it before. They acquired Nerlens Noel. Um Addition by subtraction, as some of you, <laughs> so some of you disrespectful people out there are calling. Um, well, I know you happy. You you got the player that we didn't we didn't really we didn't need him actually. No, you didn't know what to do with him, well, Carmelo you know what? Anthony. I, so I just wanted to ask you right now. I put now, that on the coach's hands. Mm, we <laughs> had plenty of discussions about how Melo has been utilized. Oh, he was utilized over the course of that year. And Billy Donovan, now you're not particularly too fond of. I'm not of. too fond of him right so now. So I want to ask you as a whole in a totality. So how do you feel about the Oklahoma City's thunder, or their offseason? How has it been? Do you feel like this team is upgraded? I feel like they upgraded. Okay. Because now why. now with Melo gone, now we can really focus on, you know, this tandem of Russell Westbrook and, and uh Paul George. Paul George. And then now you bring in um what's his name? The point oh, guard. Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. You bring him in there and now you can, you know, you can you can take Russell out, give him a little break, you know, especially with the knee problems now. Mm-hmm. You can give him a little break and let Dennis Schroeder take over. Or you could put them in the game at the same time and let Russell Westbrook play the two. Mm, I'm glad you brought that up. Now, 
How was that going to work? Because if you look at Russell Westbrook, a scoring guard, Dennis Schroeder, <laughs> a scoring guard, Paul George, a scoring wing. Then you got Patrick Patterson or Roberson, if you want to throw him in there. Then you got Steven Adams, who rounds out the five. But Schroeder likes the ball in his hands. Russell loves the ball in his hands. PG, so-so. This is this is what I was saying. I believe I don't remember what episode it was, but I was saying Russell Westbrook has to eat. Like we was, I think we was talking about players' ceilings. Mm-hmm. What's the ceiling? And I think this is the chance for Russell Westbrook to take his game to another level, mm. to be a better leader, and to just you know allow other players to to shine, get I that agree. shine. You ain't always got to shine, man. Let let your let your teammates. I agree. I think let your teammates shine. I see what you're saying, and I to me I agree with you. I think this is a perfect opportunity for Russell to willingly I surrender think, the rock. Right. Well, I, willingly I, surrender the rock on a consistent basis and being able to play off the ball and be a two guard. I think I offense. think especially now with the knee with the knee uh, injury in his mind, he needs to, you know, be open minded about okay, when I come down the court, let Dennis Schroeder set up the offense or or Felton set up the offense and let me wait. Especially because you know he he'll come down the court and hold Felton? the ball. Yeah, come Felton. On, come on, he should not be in the game. He's a decent veteran for the for our team. He's a he's... veteran locker room presence. <laughs> locker room. But let, let me finish making my point. Because usually we always see Russell Westbrook come down the court, he'll dribble the ball for 15 seconds, and then he'll pass the ball when you know give it to somebody in the corner or whatever, and then they have to toss up the shot. Now you have the opportunity to just come down the court, let the offense run, and then if you need a desperate basket. You get the you get the ball in the last in the, in the last couple seconds and do what you got to do with the ball. You don't mm-hmm. have to come do it from the start. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, do you think Russ can do that? Can he adjust his game this season with it, the addition of Schroeder? He still have the same coach. Billy Donovan is still there. <sighs> Billy, with Billy there, I just I really want him gone. But I mean, it's up it's up it's up to Russell Westbrook, man. But I I think he I think this will be the year we'll see a different Russell Westbrook. Because listen, I can't. We have to start holding Russ accountable for these first <laughs> round playoff exits. Think about it. If he's the star, the superstar that we all say he is, top five player, a lot of people have him as. Why is he still getting bumped out in the first round? If LeBron got bumped out in the first round, that's unacceptable. Especially the Utah. That was. I still if, heard about that. I don't care who's on your team. You should never lose in the first round to an up-and-coming Utah team. They had no experience, and they beat you guys in six without... Did they have home court? Yeah, they didn't have home court. Oh, OKC at home mm-hmm. court. They beat you without home court. That's on Russ. So to me, he's got to step up this season, and I'm definitely gonna have a put up or shut up episode. Yeah, this, this is this is a put up or shut up year for West Westbrook. I agree. I mean, <laughs> if, if if something goes wrong this year, then uh, think about it. We got to do something. We got to change that. He team can't up. afford another first round exit. Q. Yeah. He can't afford another first round exit. And Paul George also, he called himself Playoff P. He he he. he <laughs> this was fast. I'm still mad at him. Man. <laughs> He's just not a superstar to me, man. <laughs> okay, see, I always have this Paul George debate because I'm a big, everyone knows I'm a big Paul George supporter. I'm not a Paul well, George supporter. I'm a halfway Paul George supporter He's now. He's a great role player. Oh, now you're That's disrespectful. That's my opinion. Now you're disrespectful. Now you're disrespectful. He, he, he's not. Paul George is a star. He's a superstar to me. He's just a secondary superstar. I don't think he can be your number one option on a championship caliber team, but he can be your number one option on a playoff contender team. But in order to be a championship contender team, because he's a player, he's a wing who plays on both sides of the ball, you ask him to do a lot more than maybe you might ask someone else because you do ask him to guard the best opposing wing player, and he's still asking him to give you 20. 25 and 5 and dish a little bit and play solid defense. So you're asking a lot of him, but he should still be able to handle that workload. But I agree with you that Paul George's problem, PG 13, is that he has too much he has too much beta in him, as Jarv says a lot. I gotta give Jarv credit. (laughs) He always says that he has a lot of beta in him. He thinks he's an alpha, but he has a lot of beta qualities and tendencies in in him. And I think that's why he actually ran away from Los Angeles and ran away from LeBron over there and, and going to L.A. <laughs> I think he ran. I'm not going to front. That's a good point. I think he ran. I think he wasn't ready for that. He wasn't ready for the spotlight on him. He kept saying he's a 
he's a quiet dude now. He's he's reserved. All of this nonsense you was hammering, but you were fiending for LA for two years. So people change. Oh yeah, definitely people change. <laughs> but yeah, I got to see something from him this year also. I got because yeah, a lot we, of people we, are slandering. This will put up a shut up uh, year for us. We definitely if we we got to be in the top four this year. Okay. You okay. gotta be okay, because I definitely I think you should be. Anything anything else is unacceptable. Okay. That's how I see it. All right, so we on the same page there. All right, so um, so I think I believe it was uh two episodes ago, about three weeks ago or so. Um, on my on the lowest of keys segment, I talked about the ticking time bomb that's going on in Minnesota, and I was right. It's about that time, and that time bomb is definitely ticking right now. So this week, news came out that uh, the franchise star Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Boy, is uh, scheduled to have a meeting with the Timberwolves, uh, Tom Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau, and um, the ownership, and discuss their discuss Jimmy Butler's future with the franchise in light of Butler's contract status because he's going to become a free agent next summer. He didn't sign the extension that they do on the table for him. So he, in effect, told him that it's a one-year rental for me right now. And he called a meeting, and I think it was a mutual meeting that they're going to have today, I believe, about um, what his future is with the franchise. So I don't know what's going to happen in the next day or two by the time this episode comes out, because we might get an alert tomorrow that says... (laughs) Jimmy Butler request trade. That team is about to blow up, man. Right? That's how I see it. So it's a ticking time. It's a lot so of turmoil in the locker room. So, D, what are your thoughts on this fiasco that's going on right now in Minnesota? Um, I mean, it just shows you how dedicated Butler is. I mean, he, I, I think he's one of the, you know, um, one of the best uh, leader kind of players in the in the league. Oh, so you're high on yeah, Jimmy Butler? Yeah, I, I like Jimmy Butler. He's a good guy. Mm. Um, a lot of people don't think so. Why so, would you say that? Because they feel like he's not a great leader because they think that he complains a lot about his teammates. He complains a lot about his coaching staff, that he's not being, quote-unquote, coached too hard. Remember he was talking about that with Freddie Hoiberg? Mm. He went back to Tibbs. Now he's going through the same thing again, which is what he wanted to do. But Tibbs is out you, of control you know, you, a little you bit. You know what? I could kind of relate to, you know, the the, the fans of um of Minnesota. It's sort of yeah. like what's going on. It's sort of like what happened with the New York Knicks. Phil Jackson just sabotaged the Knicks. I feel like Tom they, Thibodeau is sabotaging the Wolves right now. I mean, that's a valid that point. Whole, that whole Timber Bulls yeah, think about thing it. that's going it's on five, over there. It's about five dudes over there. From, and, uh, and you got D. Rose. You got Jimmy Butler. You got Todd Gibson. You got Luol Dang now. If, you got there. Aaron I'm, Brooks. If I'm, uh, if I'm Carl Anthony Towns, man, I feel a little disrespected because, you know, I'm I'm supposed to be the marquee guy here. And you mm. you guys, you filling into uh, Jimmy Butler over there. I, I so, would be mad too. I I wouldn't be surprised if, if somebody, either him or Jimmy Butler, gets traded. Mm, this is what I want to ask you. So let's let's talk about that right here, right? Let's spend a few minutes on that. So, say for instance, they have this meeting, right, going on. Jimmy Butler talks to ownership and say, "Listen, I got one year left. I'm not happy with the young guys. I'm not happy with the work ethic because that's what's been that's reported what that, that he said." The- I'm not happy yeah. with guys like Wiggins, guys like Jeff T, Carl Anthony Towns. They're not working hard enough for me. And I'm telling you as management, if you want me to resign here, if you want me to commit here, because Tibbs is my guy. Tibbs wants me here. We know that. But the ownership has to sign off on me being here. And if you don't want me to leave in free agency for nothing, I want you to either, one, try to move Andrew Wiggins because he's one of the guys I'm not happy with his work ethic because I could get some value for him. Or two, you're going to have to choose between either me or Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> the audacity, though. Like, he, <laughs> this guy had, like, two injuries during the last, during last season. How you got you got the nerve, the unmitigated gall oh, to yes. talk right now? Like, <laughs> how you demanding all this stuff? But you know what? That's, that's a possibility. That, but you know what? That's why I said it's, it's, it's sort of like what happened with the Knicks. It's, it's Tom Thibodeau sabotaging the Bulls. I'm, I mean, the, the Timberwolves. The temp, I'm about, Timberwolves. about to say Timberwolves. Timberwolves. <laughs> the Timberwolves. Yeah. He's sabotaging them, man, because, you know, he's... A, he, he, those are his guys. You know, he's going to tend to those guys. And if we're going to tend to Jimmy Butler's needs, then uh, Carl Anthony Towns is not going to want to stay there. Andrew Wiggins is definitely not going to stay there. And that's your youth. That's who you want to grow the team around. So mm-hmm. I don't see... That team is a mess, man. Like they're a mess right now. And, and think about, look at the timing of all of this. Training camp is about to start Season next week. Season didn't even start yet. Training camp didn't even open up yet. So if they got to make a move, they got to make a move very quickly. And when you have to make a move quickly... 
you tend to make mistakes. You don't get the most value. So if, say for instance, they have a argument, not an argument, a disagreement, or they're not seeing it eye to eye, and they hit, and Jimmy comes in there demanding something, they're like, hold on, it's not time for that yet, or I can't give in to that yet. I have to see how it plays out because Carl Anthony Towns didn't sign the extension yet. Mm-hmm. So because he didn't sign that extension, you know that he's a little unhappy. And he's trying to see what they're going to do with Jimmy Butler as well. Why would he sign if if you guys are going to commit to Jimmy Butler, then what does that say about me? I'm supposed to be the marquee star. I'm supposed to be the franchise player. It looks like you're committing to Jimmy Butler and his demands mean more than what I'm demanding. So ownership might have to make a choice. And if your ownership, would you choose Jimmy Butler or you choose to call Anthony Towns? Oh, I'm definitely going with Carl Anthony Towns. Mm. Oh, you think it's a no-brainer? It's a no-brainer. He's okay. younger. Well. He's a big. Yes. You know, you don't have too many talented but bigs like that. a lot like of people that, don't man. like bigs who, quote-unquote, don't play defense. Hey, man. He doesn't I'll, mesh I'll, well with a I'll Tom take my I'll take my chances with, with a with a Carl Anthony Towns rather than an older version, you know, an older Jimmy Butler that just had two injuries last season. Yes. You know, the guy's good. He's a good leader to have in the locker room. But, I mean, I got to go with my young boy. Mm. Okay. And then it's not going to help because... You know, Tom Thibodeau is the former coach, and he's the he's the um the general manager. So yeah, you, that's, it's not like you can't fire him. Operations. You can't fire him. So it's all up to him, man. It's it's a mess, and you see the and the he cre- already likes Jimmy Butler. So if they're gonna go the Jimmy Butler out, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but the the, the crazy old. thing about it is. This is the first time they made the playoffs in 13 years or 14 years or whatever. They finally broke their streak of the longest uh, playoff drought for a franchise. And now it looks like it's all going to crumble because if they trade Jimmy right now, this year, this summer, before the season starts, they're definitely not getting to the playoffs in the stack West because I don't know if they're going to get equal value. Now, if they get equal value, then we could be talking. Say, for instance, they got... The only team I can see getting that is Boston. Why would Boston do that? See, to me, that doesn't make any sense. Why would Boston... Who would you trade and why would you trade Gordon Haywood for him when that's the person you recruited so hard for? You didn't even get a chance to see him play. There's a lot of talent gonna, on that team. Yeah. We don't even know if Boston's going to be that good with all that talent because well, we've seen this in the past. Boston. I'm actually going to bring them up later on in the episode, so we're going to get to them. But... um. To me, Boston doesn't make sense as a trade destination for Jimmy Butler this summer. To me, personally. So what makes sense to you? So I'm thinking either the Knicks. If I'm the Knicks, I'm definitely taking a shot at it. But the problem is the Knicks don't have anything to offer. (laughs) They don't. Unless they offer a draft pick. Ron Baker? But that would be... Exactly. (laughs) Come on. Ron Baker. Um, So... To me, the Knicks, I don't think they can get him because they don't have the assets to get him. I don't think they want Natil Akina, the French Krilla. Nah. I'm, Is I'm that not what they t- call him? The French Krilla. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, if you don't get the huh? French Krilla. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but um, I was thinking also, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, I yes. think, would be a great trade destination for Jimmy Butler. And I think, what if they might have to give up Drew Holiday What'd you do it Cause um, think about The assets that they have Drew Holiday Um Julius Randle Alfred Payton They're not gonna take him For Jimmy Butler It has to be an impactful piece So the only impactful piece They have other than Anthony Davis Is Drew Holiday Man I tell Unless you Unless you can somehow Finagle that without We giving draft picks I just feel bad for Anthony Davis, man. That, that oh, he was on my most disrespected list. He's the most disrespected star in the NBA by far. I would like to see Jimmy Butler in New Orleans, though. That, that was a good pick, actually. That that would be nice. What about in Portland for CJ McCullum? Mm, for CJ? They have to get some value in return, remember. That's another good look, though. They but need, it will they be need a one-year rental. That's the problem because any team that's. I think I think you could sway him to stay in Portland, though. Him and Dame, I, I could see Dame, him and Dame. It'll be like him and Derrick Rose all over again. Yeah, sure. But you know, right now all of the rumors are going around that he he he's apparently all over Kyrie and he wants to I'll, play wherever Kyrie is playing. I want to see Kyrie and Jimmy Butler on the Knicks. Yeah, so matter of fact, we might as well talk about that right <laughs> that's now. What I, that's what I want to see. That was next on, on our list, Q. It's about, there's a lot of Nick rumors going on around. A lot. A lot more Nick rumors going around. And um, it's on overload. Free agency, 2019. They're talking about Kyrie coming here, talking about J.R. Smith yeah, saying that chance. sneaking in the comments. Are high. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, a lot of reports about Jimmy Butler that he wants to play where Kyrie plays next year in New York City. And um, I definitely would like to see that happen. But I was speaking to uh, my boys on Twitter on the thread that we have. And um, if to me personally, if I'm a Knicks fan, I definitely would love Kyrie here. But to me, I would actually rather Kemba Walker in New York City. Kemba Walker? Yes. Over Kyrie Irving? I'd rather Kemba Walker. A champion? Yes, I agree. (laughs) I mean, all right. No, if I have both of them, if I have both of them on the table and both of them are committing to me, I probably would take Kyrie Irving. He's the 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 better gamble. But I'm not mad if I get Kemba Walker. I mean, given that he's a home he's a hometown guy, but Kyrie, it's a kind of home for Kyrie yeah, too. Yeah, Kyrie's a hometown guy too, basically. I gotta go you know? with Kyrie, man. I, I think Kemba Walker is just as good, to be honest with you. I think he's just as good. Kemba Walker, I think you're sleeping on Kemba Walker. I have a lot of disagreements with people about Kemba Walker. He's one of the most that one, man. underrated point guards in the NBA. Look at their numbers, how they stack up. They're damn near identical. Kemba, just, I think it's about two points less. I think he averages 23, while Kyrie is 24, something like that. Their numbers are identical to the same thing. To me, they're the, they're the same about playmaking. To me, Kemba's a better leader. I can try, He has better health. He's a lot more durable to me than Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving does have knee troubles every single year. Yet last year was his that's, year to, that's true. to show something. That's true. And he didn't show up in the playoffs. Again, he didn't even play in the playoffs. That's true. That's a problem. This is about two postseasons in the last five, four years or five years he didn't play. That's a problem. You're a, play, you're a player that goes you deep need, into the players. You need durable players. You need durable players, and Kemba Walker is durable. But I don't think the Knicks is going to get anybody I, I, unless Porzingis comes back healthy. I well, think that's that what's going to affect. We're going to see. I how think that's what's going to affect their free agency so next year. Would you Would you play Porzingis this year at all, or let him sit out the entire? Oh no, year? I got to play Porzingis this year. I mean, when though? Uh, I would say after All Star break, okay. Let him play the other the half back of the season. Of the season We're not expecting the Knicks so. to go anywhere this year. Not. They're not going. You anywhere. want to tank for that so high draft pick? I would. I would let uh, him sit out half the season. Okay. Let him come back after All Star break and let him show out to the other players that yo, I can still I'm ball and I'm I'm coming. I'm I'm about I'm to be one top ten player in the league. Okay. You know? So they got to. He has to remind people. Exactly. Okay. Use okay. him as the bait to, to bring in somebody next free uh, the next free agency for next year. They have to. And before we move on, Kevin Knox, what's your thoughts? <sighs> I'm I'm getting I'm I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting sunk into him. I, I, I kind of like know, him a little. You know what it is for me, Q. I'm I'm I think I'm warming up a little bit to Kevin Knox because yeah. I did see him in summer I, league. That he summer looked league very athletic. Me a lot. He look he had a lot a lot of bounce in his step. He's looking pretty confident. He's talking I a like lot, that. which you I like. I mean, you seen him talking about, hey, I think we could win 35 games this year. I was like, okay, this guy. Yeah, we'll see about that. He guy, better average more than 10 points if you're talking all that. That's what I'm saying. I, I he want, I'm warming up to him too. If I see less than 10 points, and I don't want to hear. Because you remember in the draft, I was like, yo, I thought these guys should have got Jimmy, um Michael Porter. Yeah, uh, Michael, Michael Porter, Porter Jr. Jr. Yeah, but now he's had another back surgery and he might be out for a really long time. Mm. So maybe it was a smart rule. Injuries, man. <clears throat> oh, they will derail a career instantly. And um, so the summer 2019, man, New York City, we going to be on fire. We going to see. <laughs> you got to get somebody. You got to get somebody. got to get somebody, man. It's been a long time, man. But listen, though, knowing the broken Knicks tape, they, they, might, never, never they, will, they might find a way to mess this up. <laughs> to mess it up, right? But I hope not. We're going to see because I like to see I'm, New York. I'm rooting for you, New Yorkers, I'm man. I'm definitely rooting for the Knicks. Let's go, man. Let's go. Um, so, sacrifice. Sacrificial lambs. <laughs> this episode. So, do basketball players make great, great sacrifices? Of course they do. All the time. In all different ways. Many cases... A sacrifice to me can be like the greatest lesson ever taught sometimes uh, in, in learning how to sacrifice. And to me, nothing great can ever be accomplished without a sacrifice from somebody along the lines. And when I think about sacrifice, it's like, the I feel like it's a myth now that when you think of sacrifice, it's more put into a negative light more than a positive a lot. Can Is that fair to say or am I wrong? What do you think about that, Q? Yeah, that, that's, that's fair I to say. I think when people, when you say sacrifice, they think of negative first. Like if I have to sacrifice something, damn. No, it could always, because it's always thinking, of, you, you always got to look at it as you're looking 10 steps ahead. What's going to mm-hmm. happen future-wise? But that's how you should look that's at it. That's how you got to look at it. You can't look at it now. do people look at it? 
Think about it. That's what I'm saying. That's how you should look at it. And that's the correct way to look at it. 100% agree for sure. And I just think when people say, damn, if you if you say if you go somewhere and you, you got to do something, they say, man, you got to you got to sacrifice timing in order. You can't do one activity you want to do in order to do the other. You got to sacrifice. You go, damn, I got to sacrifice something that I want to do. It's a part of life, man. It is. You got to um, look at the long term, long term goals. 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> long term girls. So. I want to talk about sacrificing the NBA and what play, what players have to sacrifice their game the most in order for their teams to succeed this season. Some players have to sacrifice for the greater good of their franchise, and some players have to, to me, they have to have role changes, a little bit of a role change or maybe mm. a role adjustment in order for their teams to succeed this season, in order for their team to be the best they can be this season, in order to go the furthest. So I'll start you off here, Q. And to me, the person that I think has to sacrifice some of their game for the greater good of this year is Kyrie Irving. Mm, that's Kyrie actually Irving. a guy I was uh, yeah. I was picking. So let me tell you why. So I think to me, Kyrie has to sacrifice minutes. And I think he's, he has to sacrifice touches as well for the team concept. Now, last year, Eastern Conference Finals, Terry Rozier, Scary Terry came on the scene. Got a nickname. Once you get a nickname, you legit. You legit, right? So to me, Scary Terry could ball. He proved that he can be a starting caliber point guard. He did it in the conference finals, in the finals throughout the playoffs. So Kyrie Irving coming back now. We know he is the guaranteed starter. We know that. And not only him, you got Gordon Haywood coming back. Mm -hmm. Another mouth to feed on that roster. Another player on the wing who needs touches, who needs minutes, who's also trying to prove himself in another comeback year, along with Kyrie. Rozier is still hungry to prove himself. Jason Tatum is in the second year to prove that it's not a second-year bust. Jalen Brown is still right there to prove himself. He's still a young boy. Marcus Smart just got his deal. He's still... He still has a job to do to, to prove himself mm-hmm. that he's worthy of the deal that they got there. So the Celtics have a lot of pieces to work in this season. Brad Stevens definitely has his work cut out for him. And I think Kyrie, to me personally, I think he has to sacrifice his minutes a little bit. And I definitely think he's had to sacrifice a little ball control throughout, throughout the season. I agree. He was one of my picks for, uh, you know, one of the guys that got a sacrifice for um, this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're coming back off that knee, that knee surgery. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Scary Terry had a, you know, had a coming out party last year. And then Gordon Hayward is coming back. You know, they, that team has a stack with talent. And, oh, yeah. you know, as we've seen before in the past, you know, teams that look good on paper, they don't always fare mm-hmm. well during the season. Yes, we see you that know? a lot. Okay, see, Thunder, everybody had them in the finals or damn near. The Lakers, when they had Carmelo and yep. Gary Payton, you know, yep. things ain't work out too well. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, man, them guys going to have to sacrifice some minutes and some time. You know, you're going to have to do some touches. Yeah, some touches. There. So who, who's a player that you think has to sacrifice this season? Well, of course, it's Russell Westbrook, like I was saying mm-hmm. before. So and you I, think he's somebody who has to sacrifice this season? He got to, man. He got to take his game to the next level, man, because I'm tired of the people talking about him stat padding. Hey, you know you gotta give up the rock, man. Let, let show that you could Chase be a Brooke. better leader. I'm a head job, Russell Chase Brook. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think he definitely has some sacrifices. So let me give you some some more that I that I thought of. John Wall. Mm. Let me tell you what I think he has to sacrifice. I think he has to sacrifice leadership this season. Well, give some over to Bradley Bill. I think he has to sacrifice some control over the franchise and I think he has to but in that way sometimes you have to empower the people around you in order to elevate everybody and go to the next level. Because you know him and Bradley Bill has been beefing a little bit. You gotta buy some suits? Uh, Oh no. Don't do the suits. (laughs) Don't do the suits. (laughs) Don't do the suits. And to me John Wall has, has to mature a little bit this season and learn how to handle his teammates and learn how to be a better leader. That's the way. In order to be a better leader, sometimes you have to give everybody a voice sometimes. So I think John Wall, where his mistake was last year, he was beefing with Gortat. They got mm-hmm. rid of him for him. So now they got Austin Rivers. They got Jeff Green. They got Dwight Howard. They got some talent on they that got team. Some talent I'm over actually there. expecting the Wizards to do some things this season. How far you got them going? I didn't I do my preview that. show yet, but yeah, so I have them. As a sleeper, um, the Washington Wizards, I think they can get a top four seed. I think I don't think it's out of the question. I think they're going to sneak up on some people. Dwight Howard still got a little something to prove. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think Dwight Howard is 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 a great center for that team. 
a great pick and pick and roll center for John Wall, one of the best assist men in the league, one of the best distributors. I think Bradley Beal needs to calm down and become the scorer that he needs to be for that team, become the assassin scorer that they need him to be. So I think John Wall got to sacrifice. Also, LeBron James. I think the LeBron James has to sacrifice a little bit. Nah, this year. you know what? Before you even get to what you was gonna say, mm-hmm. I was I was thinking about LeBron, but I'm like, come on, this is LeBron James at the end of the day. Think about it though. He, I can see in ways why he would have to sacrifice. He would ha- want to sacrifice his game because you got Young Ingram over there. You got Rondo now. You don't have to come down the court all the time with the ball. Listen. I don't think he's going to sacrifice, though. It's LeBron James. LeBron James, to me, I think he has to sacrifice a little bit. And to me, he just has to... I mean, leave me out. I think he only has to sacrifice ball domination. That's the only thing LeBron has to sacrifice. When I say ball domination, I mean... He's not young no more, man. Think about it. This is the first time in his career that he's ever had a team with multiple ball handlers on his squad. This is the first time in his career he doesn't have to bring the ball up the court every play. He doesn't have to bring up the ball at all if he doesn't want to. This is the first time in his career he could have did that in Miami. No. They didn't have... Who was their point guard? Thomas and Wade. Wade could have brought the ball up. Wade is not a point guard. He's not a facilitator. Mario Chalmers is not a facilitator. Norris Cole is not a facilitator. He was the de facto point guard on those teams. He still had to be. On this team, you got Lonzo Ball. You got Rondo. You got Lance Stevenson, who could also initiate the offense. You got Brandon Ingram, who also can initiate the offense. You got different sets and different skill sets of people who can bring the ball up and call a play for you, for you to post up. So to me, this is LeBron's time to sacrifice ball domination, but also upgrade on the offensive end with becoming in a scorer and an yeah, assassin. This, this will be uh, his tenure with the Lakers. This will be a, another thing added to his legacy where you can just like, yo, this guy is, he maybe could be better than Jordan because you never seen somebody change their game style like this before. Yeah, listen, this year, this might be the first year we can ever call him an assassin scorer if he becomes one. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because now he doesn't have to worry about facilitating. You could get LeBron, LeBron can get you 30, five assists, eight, nine rebounds. That's light. He can do that. He gets you nine assists in his sleep, so he can get you five easy. I would be very interested to see him do that, though. Yes. Even though he's older now, but like he's, like we were saying before, he's just a freak of nature, so he, mm-hmm. I could see him doing that. Yeah. And um, another low-key player who I think needs to sacrifice this season is James Harden. Let me tell you why. I think last year, it was CP3 who sacrificed for James Harden. Sacrificed ball control, being the, the secondary point guard, if you want to go this season. I think James Harden has to sacrifice for the greater good of the team and allow CP3 to become the primary facilitator because now Houston has a plethora of scorers. Now they have so many scorers that James Harden doesn't have to be the point guard anymore. He can now be... The, where he wasn't okay. Where he was always, he can be an off, a off guard point guard, an off guard playmaker. You can still do that. Which I think would be a piece of cake for him. Exactly. Like now he needs to go back to being the shooting guard that he is, the all time shooting guard that he will be. He got his MVP. He has the accolades now. He proved that he can be a facilitator as a point guard. Now you have to go be an assassin scorer. Same way I talked about with LeBron James, because we've seen that during the playoffs last year. It was too much for him to do both both, uh, both duties when Chris Paul was out. He couldn't mm-hmm. be the scorer and a facilitator and beating an elite team. So now I think with Chris Paul there and Melo there and every all the scorers that they re-sign, they ha- uh, James Harden has to take a step back in playmaking and take a step up again in scoring and still be that dude. I agree, but like I said, that that transition for Harden will be easy. Yeah, because he but, came but in the still, league it's like still a that. Mentality, because he's been dom- dominating the ball for a few years now, and it's only right he's earned that. He should be, but I think in order for team to us to take that, for the Rockets to take that next step, CP3 has to be the primary facilitator because that's what he's great at, I and think, he doesn't well, want to I, shoot. I think Harden is all in. So with that concept there, I think that'll be a piece of cake for him. Okay, we we'll just okay. have to see if he will act on it. Yeah, I agree. I hope so. Um, so, some guys who had to sacrifice all time in the league. There's some dudes who, old time players, who definitely had to sacrifice their games for the greater good. And um, I just want to uh, go through some of them. So, Manu Ginobili, man, I think he's... he's Probably one of the 
But he, I think he has one Number of the greatest one. sacrifices of, of in NBA history. Or, or, or he's up there, I should say. To me, he was always a starting caliber guard, and he could start on any other team, but he willingly accepted to come off the bench for Popovich for the greater good of the team, and it worked. I think Ginobili was a, a tremendous sacrifice. Definitely. I mean, Ginobili is, with him even sacrificing, he's one of the top guards all time. So, I mean, yeah, I, I got him in there as one of the all-time Sacrifices, sacrificial lambs. Sacrificial lambs. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Dirk Nowitzki. Um, I think he had to sacrifice. I don't know if you agree with Dirk Nowitzki too much, but to me, I think what he sacrificed is he sacrificed money a lot mm. for the Dallas Mavericks. Remember, he mm. took a lot of hometown discounts in order for Mark Cuban to acquire talent. But the problem was, Mark Cuban never acquired a good talent never. that he gave up the money for. Remember after they won Being cheap at Being cheap After they won the 2011 2011 finals I believe it was Remember what did he do After Dirk took a discount He went and let go Of Tyson Chandler For money To the Knicks And then that was The, the chief blow To the Dallas Mavericks team Because Tyson Chandler Was a main piece For that I team agree, And I then agree. he was never The same on the Knicks I mean well You put it in a money perspective and Yeah I, You definitely sacrificed For the greater good Yeah that, but talent-wise, I don't see him sacrificing anything because Dirk well, was a had bad to, man. Well, he never had to sacrifice shots, but he was huh. always an unselfish superstar, so he never had to sacrifice. But he sacrificed money. He could have made more money. He could have left the Mavericks at any point for more money. A lot of players do that. That's true. But he stuck it out, and he sacrificed his money and moving on, his freedom, in order to help Mark Cuban acquire talent. He just failed him. I mean, if you're putting the money-wise, then you got to put Melo in there as well. Melo never sacrificed money. Melo sacrificed his talent in New York by getting hoodwinked by Phil Jackson. I mean... He promised him he was going to set up a team around him. Never did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I don't think being, he sac- um, sacrificed... Sacrifice being loyal. Word. Being loyalty. loyal was Melo's problem. Not really sacrificing. Being loyal was Melo's problem. He was a problem. sucker, man. He was loyal to a fault. <laughs> you know how I feel about Melo, man. I got my I got my boy. I put my boy in there, T Mac. Why do you think T Mac sacrificial lamb and his years in Toronto? Well, why do you think because he was there? He was there first before Vince Carter got there, and then when Vince Carter got there, they allowed him to be the guy that they go to. Yeah, but to me, I hear what you're saying. But to me, when I think about it, and that I was the reason why he left. I don't think I don't think it's a sacrifice because Vince Carter is the better player. And it's not really sacrificing if the guy is. We never really got to you. see if, who would have been the better player. T Mac left and then the following season. But in Vince in Toronto, Vince Carter was the better player in Toronto. That's what I mean. Not T Mac in Orlando because we didn't know T Mac if he was going to be that T Mac in Toronto. He might not have been able to blossom with that because he. But he was no sacrificing, touches. letting Vince Carter shine. No, I don't think it's sacrificing because he didn't know he could be that good yet. To he me, didn't it's know, like they you, didn't if you allow him to be that good. Well, I mean, they didn't allow him, and he didn't take the ring out on. Vince Carter was just better on that team. He was just better. I know T-Mac is your man, so you caping for your guy. You already know. I forgot. <laughs> I'm a T-Mac fan. I got the Orlando jersey in the closet still, man. I forgot. <laughs> oh, get out of here, man. Get out of here. <laughs> um, real quick before we move on, um, Lamar Odom. Mm. I think he sacrificed his game for the greater good. To me, he's a starting caliber mm. forward. He would have been special in today's league. Exactly. And I think he sacrificed his whole career because he he came off the bench for Miami. He came off the bench for uh, for the Lakers. And Lamar Odom, he definitely can start on any team. And he had the skill set to play multiple positions. He was one of the few dudes who can play multiple positions. So um, I think Lamar Odom definitely sacrificed his game for the greater good, for, especially for them Lakers. Yeah, that was a good pair. I agree with that one. Yeah. And low-key, um, Clay Thompson. And let oh, me tell that- you why. Everybody over there, though, does no, that. No, but but see... Their Cam, whole organization I think, sacrifices. I think, but That's I think, their culture. But I think that he sacrificed his ability to get better. I'm taking a different spin on it because the different... Um, he sacrificed his ability to get better and expand his game because by him electing to that he wants to stay in Golden State, well, he didn't. he's free agent. He's coming up next year. But... He's given no indication that he would want to leave. He's given all indication that he's comfortable in Golden State, mm-hmm. which tells me that he doesn't want to take the next step in his career and showing everyone he can be a number one option on the team and maybe trying to create off the dribble because that's what everyone says about him, that he doesn't create off the dribble. I, so I, to me, I agree with that. So 
to me, it, it's a sacrifice in that way. That to me, well, that's me, the question. That's the sacrifice. question we all put on a player that scores sixty and three quarters. You of know, course. we're gonna we're gonna work, think about what he what he can do elsewhere. I would love to see Clay Thompson on another team. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I would be cool with him going on the Lakers. Bro, I wouldn't be mad I'm, at that at all. That, I don't think he's gonna do that though. I he don't want KD over there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, on the Lakers, yeah, man. Listen, that happens. I don't think I'm gonna watch basketball for a while. <laughs> this is just ridiculous. This friendly basketball we doing nowadays. It's, it's Everybody ridiculous. teaming up and all this, man. I, I, I need that nasty back. And <laughs> as Craig Popovich says, I need some nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, so Q, you know what time it is, man. And what time? And it's time for the crossover segment. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. Family crossover segment, as I do each and every episode. I'll be throwing out player comparisons from different eras. My man Q asks his GM, and he tells me who he would take out of the two in their prime. He was building a team. So I switched it up a little bit, and I put two people here who are not exactly the same, play the same position, but they're very similar in that mm. way. So a little spin. Yeah, a little spin on it. And remember, I said, who if you have both of them on the table, who would you take out of the two if they're in their prime? So you're building your own team, right? So are you taking a prime Baron Davis, B. Diddy, mm. or Victor Oladipo right now? Think mm. about it. Let me give you the career stats. Victor Oladipo. 17 points per game, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, 44% from the floor, one-time All-Star, one-time All-Defensive first team, one-time steals leader, also one-time most improved. B. Diddy, very similar, 16 points per game, three rebounds, seven assists, a little bump up, one steal, 40% from the floor, a two-time All-Star and a two-time steals leader. You taking a prime B. Diddy, or are you taking Victor Oladipo? Ah, oh, man. That's a tough one. Mm. But um, I know I'm going to get called an old head for this. <laughs> but nah. I'm, I'm going to have to go with B. Diddy, man. Okay, tell me I, why. I got B. Diddy, man, because he's proven, man. He, and the guy, the, I th- I feel he's more clutch than, than Oladipo. Oladipo hasn't gotten there yet. He's he shown had a couple gl- of clutch sides he, this postseason. He's, he's shown some glimpses of that he could be clutch, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen enough. Like, mm-hmm. I've, have I... As I've seen in Big Diddy, mm-hmm. I've seen Big well, Diddy he's had do this more years numerous in his career. Exactly, I'm, I'm giving it to him because he had a he had a longer tenure than all all the depot. Mm. So oh. even though talent wise, you had the best season. All the depot was Big... bigger. Yep. But I, I'm gonna have to go with B. Diddy, man. Okay, I'm not I think wrong he with that. Can, I I think he's better suited for the team I want to build. Mm. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. So I gotta agree with you there. I'm going B. Diddy as well. And to me, it was it was he could kind of control the tempo better than Oladipo too. If you, put, if you think about well, it, well, he's a better point guard. He's actually a, a point guard. He was just a bigger point guard. But Oladipo was a combo guard. He can play the one if in stretches of the game, if need be. But he's better suited at the two. But he remember he is a smaller two at the end of the day because he's about right. what six, six four. four. And Baron Davis was a big one. He was about 6'3", six, 6'4", three, six, three. Six, yeah, something like that. So, but he was a big body. Stocky. Exactly. But to me, I'm taking B. Diddy only because he's a better playmaker to me. He's a better playmaker than Victor Oladipo. But to me, Victor Oladipo is a better defender. Yeah, I'll give him that. He's Definitely. a better defender. He made all defensive first team this year, which I was very surprised with, by the way. I have to give him shout out for that. That was a very big step up. He impressed me this year, Victor Oladipo. But I'm still going to go B. Diddy because I think um, he just has that it factor that I want, that I need on my team over, over yeah, Victor Oladipo. It's the, it's the it factor it's the with it him, It's the it factor man. that he has. He got that. But I do like Oladipo. Don't get me wrong. Oladipo, I think he's going to be a lot can't better. can never go wrong in the crossover. Yeah, you can never go wrong. I think, actually, I'm looking in for a big year for Oladipo, though. I think... They let me down him? last year, man. You remember no, I, you had I, them in the playoffs, I, and they made it. They made it, but I... I, I man, was impressed. I, I was impressed, too, but I... Miles, they didn't let me down. Miles Turner let me down a little because okay. I had a, I, I had him having a big season last year. Mm-hmm. He didn't really, he didn't have a come out party that I thought he was going to have. Okay. But that's this year, I, I think they're going to do big things, man. They got a nice little squad brewing over there. Okay, that's fair. Hopefully, Miles Turner, you know, turns it up a little bit. But he needs to. He needs to become that big presence down in the paint. And um, moving on, are you taking a prime Chris Mullen mm. run TMC? 
or Kawhi Leonard. Let me give you the career mm. stats. Chris Mullen, 18 points per game, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, 50% from the floor for his career. 50 I was like, wow, 50% yeah. for his career. That is phenomenal. And a five-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA first team. Kawhi, career stats, 16 points per game, six rebounds, two assists, one steal, shooting 49% from the floor for his career. One-time champ, one-time finals MVP, only a two-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA first team, and a two-time defensive player of the year. You taking a prime Chris Mullen run TMC mm. or Kawhi Lennon? See, man, that's a tough one, man. <laughs> you put the offense against the defense yeah. there. Yeah. That's a tough one. But um, what do you value more? Defense wins your games, man. Mm. I gotta, I gotta go with Kawhi Leonard, man. Chris okay. Mullen, that is, that's very impressive that the guy scored, you know, fifty percent for his career. For, but, and remember, he's a three-point shooter. That's why it's more impressive. And on teams, you're gonna need them type of shooters. That think about Chris Mullen in today's NBA, the way he can shoot, <sighs> man. Off the dribble, but remember he's again, a St. John's product. But then Brooklyn. again, is he gonna get them shots off when you got a defensive player like Kawhi Leonard? I mean, Chris Mullen was like six eight. He was, a, he was a big boy. He wasn't like a small... Remember, he had a little grit to him, too. He's a Brooklyn guy. He had some grit. But more. I'm so, going to go with Kawhi, man. Okay, okay. I'm going to go with Kawhi, Okay, man. I just try to sway I, you a little I, bit. I, I, just need, to... I need that defense. I was just checking your temperature, D. <laughs> I was just checking your temperature, Q. That's I, I, it. I want to go with Chris Mullen because I like shooters, man. Okay. But I, I like defense, too, man. Because Kawhi could do it on both ends. He could mm. give it to you on both ends. He could shut your top player down, and he could be the top player. Mm. Okay. So, Listen. I'm going to go with Kawhi. We in agreement. I'm going with Kawhi too, man. <laughs> Yo, we, I swear, every time we do the crossover, we we like here, man. No, we we agree all the time. We only disagreed on one. I think it was like Joel Embiid or something, or Dwight Howard, I think it was, something like that. Had to be, because I don't like Dwight Howard. I know, because you hate <laughs> <laughs> And I, I forgot that you didn't like Dwight. It was on one of those. But yeah, I'm going with Kawhi, uh, Kawhi but it was, this one was tough too, though, when yeah, you think that about was, it. That was a tough one. Think about it. I wrote that Kawhi, he only is had two seasons where he averaged over 20 points. Right. That's right? Just, that's another thing where I, I, I think people shouldn't be so high. I, I hate when people say, yo, this guy's a top, you know, he's a top guy in the league. Like, he hasn't, he only, only had, had one two, real good season. One, one really good season, two great seasons. I, I would agree. Yeah. But he hasn't been... Last year doesn't count. He hasn't, you know what I'm saying? He hasn't shown that longevity yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, for y'all for to call him top... Five in the league and all this. So, you remember how I said Kawhi's only had two seasons averaging 20-plus, right? Chris Mullen, he had averaged five seasons of 25 or more mm. straight years. But see, that goes into Kawhi sacrificing his game because, remember, he was playing mm. in San Antonio. Yes. And if you're playing in, Sa in San Antonio... You sacrificing something over there. That's why we in full. We in, we're really going to find a lot about Kawhi this year in Toronto. This year. It's, like it's a, a put-up-a-shut-up year for exactly. Kawhi also. It's, it's sort of like what I want to see happen for Klay Thompson, that sort of scenario. Yes. Because we don't know what Klay could do outside of that system. I would love to see. Now we're going to see what Kawhi Lennon is built like. Oh, 100%. So I'm, I'm excited about I'm that. I'm very excited. Listen, this NBA season, man, it's going to be real. A lot of storylines. A lot of storylines. So you got to come back to me for the preview and well, the week and all that stuff. But, uh, man, this storyline, there's a lot of crazy storylines going on, man. Oh, you know what? I just thought about what? Boogie Cutters is going to be a guy that's going to have to sacrifice as well. Oh, you know what he's going to have to sacrifice? Emotions. Emotions. Emotional season. We're going to have to part two. Part two. I might have to bring you back for emotional season part two. He's going to have to sacrifice yeah, some emotions. Yeah, definitely, man. They got a lot of... Uh, they got a lot of uh, personalities to deal with over there. That was the word I was Dream looking for. Draymond and Boogie's enough for about four mm. or five personalities, man. That's but I think they mellow out the rest of everybody else. Because everybody else is mellow. And they don't... Yeah. Katie and yeah. Clay and all of them, they stay... They calm. They calm. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting, man. We're we going to see... Q, man, my brother, I appreciate you for joining me once again. Friend my, of the my show. My pleasure, man, my pleasure. Anytime. Cousin of the show, brother of the show, <laughs> as always. You know, man, you remember that first episode we did, man? Classic. I can never forget that one, man. Free Oak. <laughs> Free Oak. He going through some things right now as well. <laughs> He's Free in the Oak. tabloids right now. He is. Uh, yo, Oakley always wallowing with his gray. Man, salt and pepper you, here, man. man. Always, always. <laughs> So, Q, my brother, once again, I appreciate you for joining me, my brother. It's always a pleasure, my man. Thank you. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. 
Above the Rim family. Go out there and follow me on Twitter. Go for, give me some more. Uh, send that feedback. Send that feedback, some comments, some likes, all of that good stuff. Send me some screenshots of you listening to the show. Feedback, call up the line. Talk about it. Let me hear that, man. All right, so family, it's Above the Rim, episode 68. And we out. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more cake. Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.